0: Earth Humans, welcome back to the podcast that's gonna save the world. Oh yeah.
1: That was like a good movie, man. In
0: conversational show where two indie filmmakers discuss what we consider to be, quote unquote, underappreciated films. My name is John Caviclos. I'm a Los Angeles based filmmaker.
1: <laughs> My name is Osvaldo Cuevas and I'm a Chicago based filmmaker. And today we are celebrating a 25 year birthday yes. for one of the most underappreciated films
0: of all I, time. I, I, you know, um, right, John? Yeah, again, I, I'm <laughs> putting big, big asterisks about this one. But I get what you I get your point. is It was underappreciated when it came out. And it's, it's developed one of the biggest cult followings. Uh, I mean, I think I've ever heard of for a movie of this size. Um, I mean, religions, religions yeah, right? have been based on it. There's, there's annual uh, gatherings based on it, and of course, we're talking about 1998's The
1: Big Lebowski, which I had no idea there was an actual like cult following for it.
0: Oh yeah, it's like the the Tao of Dude or something like that, right? Like yeah,
1: yeah. But I I think it's just people who looking for something to do yeah i feel like they don't take it super yeah it's like a hangout thing thing. who knows man maybe in 2000 years
0: people will be worshiping at the altar of uh the little lebowski yeah 1998 um released march 6 1998 the big lebowski the i guess comedy crime noir thriller drama no i would just say comedy crime noir movie yeah it's like a yeah it's like a farce sort of yeah i guess sure it's a farce go stupid uh written and directed by joel and ethan cohen who uh of course wrote wrote and directed uh raising arizona no country for old men fargo blood simple probably one of the best independent debuts i would say of all time blood simple
1: yeah it's such a good movie and it's still i would say that one more than any well, actually not more than all of their films, but is very underappreciated.
0: Yeah, I think it just doesn't have the reach that a lot of their other films have. But it's I mean, it's fantastic. It really is. Yeah. So yeah, Big Lebowski star. I mean, if you haven't seen the Big Lebowski, what the fuck are you doing listening to this podcast, honestly? <laughs> uh starring Jeff Bridges uh Crazy Heart, True Grit, Hell or High Water, Starman, all kinds of fun stuff. John Goodman, uh, Roseanne Ten Cloverfield Lane, also frequent uh Cohen Brothers collaborators in yeah Raising Arizona, Oh Brother Thou, all kinds of good stuff. Uh also Let's just run through a couple more people in this cast. Julianne Moore, Steve Buscemi, David Huddleston, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. That guy was fucking yeah. brilliant. Uh, I know. Terry, John Turturro. Have I ever told you there was a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley were doing uh, True West together, which was a Sam Shepard play. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. They were based out of, I think they were doing it in the Chicago theater. We want to talk about this on the podcast. Before. No, I don't so it
1: was, think so. It,
0: it's, a two, it's a two-person play. They are playing they play brothers where uh, the play is written, it's about a, a pair of brothers. And then there's like one person who shows up at the very end, but without spoiling anything. So it's basically two guys the entire move, the entire play. So Philip Seymour Hoffman will play one brother, Jesse oh, Riley will play the other brother. I have seen and this. then But sometimes they would just like switch. Just like the, depending yeah, on how I they I haven't felt, seen it. Yeah, they would just
1: be like, you know, oh, wait, no, no, no. You told me about this and the, you've told me about
0: this. That's why it's did not I tell you about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think so. Or we had a conversation yeah. about it. <laughs> So, anyway, great <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, Tara Re- is Still very beautiful at, at that point in time. Tara Reach you hadn't parted yourself into. <laughs> God, I don't want to talk shit about her, but man, she doesn't look great. I mean, I don't want to pile on. Uh, and of course, a brilliant John Turturro, another frequent uh, Coen Brothers collaborator, and Flea, and Flea, Flea does make an appearance. That's yeah, right. there's a lot of a lot of good actors <laughs> and and uh, little cameos. I mean, Ben Gazzara's in it. There's all I mean, we could do little cast list for everyone. Uh, really, really stellar, stellar cast. Uh, IMDb synopsis is: Ultimate LA Slacker Jeff the Dude Lebowski, mistaken for the millionaire of the same name, seeks restitution for a rug ruined by debt collectors, enlisting his bowling buddies for help when trying to find the millionaire's missing wife. Oswaldo, what do you think about that?
1: I don't know. I mean, I how do you explain this movie? Like, if you were to write one, what would you say?
0: Ultimate <laughs> LA Slacker Jeff the Dude Lebowski, mistaken for. The- <laughs> I mean, it's you know what it's. Yeah. it's just telling you that the plot yeah I guess. I mean, you don't want to give too much away i mean they kind of they kind of uh I, I think they sum it up pretty well it's again not not an amazing yeah. synopsis but it, it it does what it needs to do so yeah we'll count it hey good job imdb congratulations you did you did it right
1: yeah, yeah.
0: finally uh <laughs> we'll to get a budget of fifteen million dollars with a US gross of eighteen million and a worldwide gross of forty seven million. So technically a success that kinda of eked out uh success overseas, which I'm really actually surprised it did so well overseas. Uh I feel like this is a very American American movie, especially a California movie. But yeah, I guess it I don't know, something about it played for the foreign audiences.
1: Well, from from what I get it, it's also making fun of uh, the United States and the people in it more more than anything, I think people. I I don't think we saw that until much later, at
0: least noticed that. Oh, okay. So that people, the like France was like, "Fuck yeah, this is great" because yeah, America's like, a bunch "Oh of assholes, that's right, they're all fat and loud with guns <laughs> and stoners and rip each other off." And okay, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for a a jab at the United States, it's a it's a good movie, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was surprised. I thought it was more of a uh, failure than that, but I guess domestically barely made its budget back, so it would be considered a flop, especially for the Coen brothers, you know?
1: Yeah, especially after just winning an Oscar from Fargo the year before. Yeah, totally. Which, to be fair, I think that probably had a lot to do with why it got such bad reviews. I think people were expecting this to be such a good movie or, or I guess I just just to be as good or wanted to compare it to it. And so they were just like, well, it's no Fargo.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's having Fargo come out right before this was was definitely working against them because uh, fan expectations were through the roof. And, you know, they're like, oh, another noir movie by the Cullen brothers, because like how much how, how big of balls do you have to have to have a, a success as big as Fargo and then follow it up with something that's completely different. You know what I mean? uh you know they think it's a noir film you can end up getting this like stoner comedy you know (laughs) and you don't even really get that it's a noir film probably the first watch at least i didn't when i was you know 20 years old or whatever when i first watched it but yeah i think that people and i've been guilty of this totally myself uh have a preconceived notion about what they wanted the film to be going in and when it wasn't that they were able to kind of ignore the the greatness of what it actually was you know what i mean
1: yeah because because they were let down.
0: Yeah, but also the Coen Brothers. I mean, it's kind of if you're a Coen Brothers fan, I feel like you should be expecting it at this point. Because that's kind of what they do is, is you know, they started out with Blood Simple and they followed it up with Raising Arizona. You know what I mean? They have a, they had done yeah. this a couple times. They 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 did um, No Country for Old Men, which is fucking brilliant, and they followed up with Burn After Reading. Now I've only seen Burn After Reading one time, but it was okay. It wasn't like amazing or anything, you know.
1: I haven't wanted to watch it again since I watched it that first time. No, me neither.
0: You remember we were trying to go see it in the <laughs> movie theater? It was me and you and our girlfriends at the time. They we're now both our wives, but it was sold out at the, oh, wow. the Sherman Oaks Galleria. That's right. You know? That's right, the Galleria, which is no longer there from what I, I understand. I haven't been sure in a while, but it I remember we hated that movie theater because they would come talk to you like you were a fucking baby. They'd be like, if you needs to go to the bathroom, raise your hand. <laughs> it's like, can I please just watch Blade 7 get the fuck out of my theater? But yeah, no, I think that the expectations, I mean, Fargo, I mean, it had won all these Academy Awards, and it's probably the same thing that we're going to read because, I mean, No Country for Old Men, I think, won Best Picture, didn't it? I mean, it's, I mean that's one of my favorite movies. I mean, the Coen did, brothers yeah. genuinely have my top 10 have three of them, which would be No Country for Old Men, this, Raising Arizona, I think are all really, really amazing movies.
1: Uh, I kind of- I kind of still have not seen Raising I'm Arizona. So <laughs> That's the only one I haven't seen of theirs.
0: It's so good. Uh, I could, <laughs> I, I, tend not to say, if somebody's asked me my top five, I wouldn't say Raising Arizona and Bigelbowski. I would say Raising Arizona or Bigelbowski. it's so like one of the two, you know.
1: They can't get both? Well, there's two directors. You can give one to each director. Well,
0: technically, no, there's not. There's only <laughs> one director. The DGA, the the DGA, no, no, Coen brothers wrote the movie, but the DGA will only allow you to have one director. So that's Uh, why, uh, Joel, I think gets the directing credit and then Ethan gets the primary writing credit, even though they both get a writing credit because the the WGA, the writer's guild, you can have as many fucking people on there as you want.
1: That's why, uh, Robert Rodriguez left the guild.
0: Because he wanted more directors on there. Why?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's why he left the, the Guild, because he wanted to give a co-directing credit to Frank Miller, and they wouldn't let him do it. In Sin City? In Sin City, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because he, he felt that he did just as much work as, as he did, and it wouldn't be fair for Rob Rodriguez to have the only uh, directorial name on there. I
0: mean, I guess, sure. I guess that makes I don't know how much Frank Miller had to do with the movie Sin City. But I mean, if you he, he directed director with him, I know if you read that yeah. comic book, mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically a, a storyboard, it's basically, you know, it, it, it's, you it know. was
1: that, but he was there on set, like helping him out and, and getting involved okay. in everything. Well, I know he
0: directed, what was yeah. his movie? He directed something else. It was like, was it the spirit? Oh, the, 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 the saints, the, the, the spirit. Oh, it's fucking yeah. terrible, man. I couldn't get through it. And it had the same kind of, no, really? was it, it had the same kind of style. I just, it was the same, was yeah, the exact same like, style. It was okay. I mean, I finished it. Did you? I don't think I got through it.
1: I don't remember what it was about, but I just know there was a tie that moved around really cool. <laughs> uh, I,
0: that might have been, and, uh,
1: there was a bunch of like really good looking people. On sure. There. So, sure. 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 I enjoyed that. I mean, that. dude,
0: in both Sin City and, and Sin City, Dame even for Those are like the most beautiful people working in Hollywood at the time. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, a 21 year old Jessica Alba and, you know, Brittany Murphy and Clive Owen. It's just like, geez, if, uh, what's her name is in the second one, uh, Ava, um, Ava Vingar no, Ava, Green, Ava Green, like, in her yes, prime. Uh-huh. Like she's fucking gorgeous. But anyway, yeah, so... Back, what were we talking about? Oh, the... um, <laughs> Yeah, so... I agree with you. It's I think that the 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 hype around Fargo. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to follow that up, you know. And this was completely a completely different direction. And this was actually written before Fargo.
1: Yeah, they would have done it first if it, but John Goodman was doing Roseanne. Yeah,
0: and and I think Jeff. Well, I mean, you have to cast John Goodman in it because he was based on John Milius, who, the
1: writer of Apocalypse Now. I mean,
0: if you've ever seen, I mean, he wrote Conan the Barbarian, he wrote Jeremiah Johnson, he wrote Apocalypse Now, Red Dawn. Like he is who. The Walter Sobchak character is—he's got the same beard, the same haircut, the same glasses, the same size. <laughs> Apparently, he's a gun nut. He's like a war genius. Like he knows all about like battles and stuff like that. Like you're not gonna make that movie without John. I,
1: I heard an interview with him, and and he was like, "Well, my biggest regret was not going to Nam. I missed out." Someone about his like he's some kind of health problem or something, like flat feet or something. He couldn't go, and he was pissed that he, he used couldn't give shit about that.
0: Yeah, flat feet. Yeah. Uh they they said they couldn't march. I was like, whatever, man. Just can you pull a trigger? Okay, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's like you're not John Goodman was born to play John Millius. You know, like they're not gonna do it without man. him. And honestly Jeff Bridges, I mean, he's based on Jeff Dowd, who's a like a distributor and producer in Hollywood, and like he's perfect for him too. Like they, they both are made to kind of play these yeah. th- these characters that are based on real people.
1: And Jeff Bridges before this he never really played a character like this. So this was new for him too, wasn't it? from from what i was gathering with like different interviews and stuff that he was always like the handsome lead with short hair um played the cool guy yeah he definitely and this was like his first time actually like long hair hippie sort of like laid back role yeah
0: i mean he definitely played <laughs> and then he, and never, he never left, never left. yeah he never got got a haircut again well i think this is more like <laughs> his actual speed in real life you know what i mean like but yeah before yeah. this i mean he had done cool shit he had done starman with like john carpenter starman you know what i mean like he was in uh, kiss me goodbye he was in tron like yeah he thunderbolt and lightning foot if you ever saw that like i mean he was a baby in that but he's also a legacy too yeah. you know what i mean like like his dad was a huge movie star for a long time and his brothers was somewhat of a big movie star but yeah no he always kind of played like the cool guy and then he got to a certain age and they're like i hey, mean you can't really play the cool guy anymore and he's like all right we'll play this fucking hippie dude and then you know he now he plays like cops he plays like he played Bad Blake and Crazy Heart, you know, Rooster Cogburn and True Grit. You know, that's kind of what he's, he's fallen into almost like a, a second, uh second act for him. You know,
1: I remember his, his wife came into one of the stores I was working at and I was helping her out and she kept showing me like these pictures and she's like, you know, Bridges, my name's like bridge. Like, and then she was showing me pictures of like Jeff Bridges. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, I get it. But she just like, wouldn't
0: stop. And I was like, Oh, Bridges, <laughs> like the ones
1: you cross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, as what, uh, what other reasons do you think that this maybe this movie wasn't as as big when it first came out? I don't think,
1: I don't know, I can't say like what was going on through people's heads back then, but I don't think people understood the movie itself. And and th- to be fair, this is a movie that gets better with the more rewatches, yeah. the more details, just because everything is so deliberate, every line is so important, every little action is so like significant that the the more you watch it, the more you actually get to see a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Like even on this watch, like I still noticed stuff that I, I mean, I've seen this movie a hundred times. I know, you know, <laughs> I was laughing because, um, when the Jesus is like walking past them, they kind of do this tracking shot along and it's the dude, Donnie, Walter. For some reason, I never noticed that the dude's got his hands up on his head, but Donnie's like looking through the hole, like between his elbow and his and his head. Like (laughs) for some reason, (laughs) it just cracked me up, man. Yeah, I think people didn't know what it was. I mean, I watched. Did you watch the original trailer? I found it online, and it's like it's trash, man. It was awful. Yeah, (laughs) it's got that voice. (laughs) oh Maybe I think I might have seen it. Maybe I saw a different one than you. Uh, But it was just like a montage of different characters from the movie uh, with that fucking Kenny Rogers just dropping in song playing oh, over it such a yeah song. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but there was like no story no quotes like you didn't hear the characters talk it was just like voiceless clips of like you know it'd be like jeff bridges and show a bunch of clips of jeff bridges it'd be john goodman it'd show a bunch of different clips of john goodman from this movie that no one had seen but then nothing was in context so you're just showing clips of characters that nobody cares about yet and i think they might yeah. have been relying too heavily on just the names of the actors and the directors and they didn't give people any any clue to what it even was. So, I mean, you're going to get, uh, you know, standard Coen Brothers fans in a theater, but you're not going to get the average person in the theater, I don't think, with it.
1: That makes you know? sense. But by 1998, I think most trailers have gotten, are, are at the point where they're starting to get better. So they really dropped yeah, the ball. Yeah, I think they just think, fucked then, up. I think yeah. they, they
0: and, and I think they, they should have sold it more as like, uh, I think they were trying to keep the mystery because once you get into like distribution and people's money starts to get behind projects then they get more of a say in where things go you know so Mm -hmm. I, i i bet you that they i don't know this for sure but i'm guessing that they didn't get to uh push it the way they wanted to i'm guessing that a lot of like money type of people experts quote finger got involved and like if they were smart they would have been like coen brothers but we're selling it as this raising arizona type of movie uh as opposed to uh, here's this movie with all these stars. Oh, also they did Fargo. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it's not... E- I mean, the Coen brothers are brilliant because they can literally jump between all kinds of genres and it still feels like a Coen brothers movie, but it's not fair to expect an audience, especially at that time, to um, to to be able to like blur the lines. Eh, I don't want say blur the lines, but you know what I'm saying? Like, It's not fair to expect an audience to be able to make that jump on their own, like to walk in basically cold to a movie and you're expecting mm-hmm. Fargo too, because it is another noir kind of crime thriller, but you get the big Lebowski. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, if people would have mm-hmm. gone in with the correct expectations at the time, I think that it would have been a bigger success at the time.
1: But but also it did get, like if you look at reviews from 1998, they were all for the most part, pretty shitty. Like I have one here from New York times. that says this film feels completely hazardous thrown together without so much as a concern of organized intelligence
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> which you know w- w- which we just talked about how how organized and intelligent this film is
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of got a similar one i the san francisco gates review was like a terrific cast but was scattered over amplified and un- and unsatisfying results too clever for its own good but here's the thing though I, I think that and and i know a lot of these people came back later and re-reviewed it and gave it positive reviews but you know Little Too little, too late. You know what I'm saying? Like, a... <laughs> But also at first, like, I mean, the first time you watch it, when, when was the first time you saw it?
1: I was probably 20 years old. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I was sitting on our crack couch with, uh, <laughs> did I ever <laughs> I, tell you that I story? And
0: I've heard of the crack couch before, I guess.
1: Well, tell it, tell it to the, the people at home. So we had this couch that we found, uh, I think it was an alley or something, but we call it the crack couch because one day uh my buddy Ricky who who found it was digging around like he felt something hard in there while we were watching a movie and you know as, as you're watching a movie you're just kind of playing with stuff with your hands he started pulling like something out and then he finally pulled it out and it was like this this bent spoon <laughs> that was all like had burn marks on it so we still
0: kept and it for couch, a few of years course. you need a couch you know, it yeah. worked correctly
1: yeah but anyways we were like 20 and i watched it knowing it was a comedy okay so i think that helped yeah um, cuz i i loved it right away yeah
0: okay so i kind of similar situation like uh my brother i was living in virginia at the time and my brother had come to visit and we were at the blockbuster it's probably like 99 2000 something like that and we, he was kind of walking around we were kind of walking around the blockbuster video and uh eh, we didn't really know what to watch and i was just gonna walk right past this movie and then he stopped and saw the box cover and was like you're gonna skip over this movie because it was jeff ridges and john goodman and john goodman's like <laughs> he's dressed like walter and he's holding the gun and uh he was like you're not walking past this we are getting this movie and we got it and we were both just like fucking cracked up at it but but the, <laughs> the point of this is like i i liked it the first time i saw it but i didn't like it as much I, I liked it more the 10th time i saw it you know what i mean like yeah so i think that you know you've got to kind of forgive critics a little bit in, in that sense of like well we we have to review a movie and do a, a whole a whole column on this movie but i only got to see it one time and it's like yeah you do miss a lot of the shit like I said, like, I mean, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I'm still catching stuff in it, you know? So I kind of forgive yeah. the critics a little bit for that, but I do think that their bad reviews helped to kind of tank this movie at the time.
1: Yeah. So I'm still going to call them jerks.
0: Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, you know, one thing I, I didn't really, and I, I'm sure a lot of people didn't really get is the significance of the Gulf War in in this movie and how much of a, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's an anti-war sort of movie itself.
0: Okay. Um, you think it's an, an anti-war I think people movie? people saw that. I, I haven't yeah, seen it. it I, I sell me on it. So. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: So, so I think people started realizing this after 9-11 Once we started going into war, when we went to which, war again. Which, by the way, and to We wanted you, more. You peace. Saw the date
0: on the check, right? When he when he writes the check, yeah, 9/11? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. It's also yeah. post-dated which, a year, which I, I, which I didn't catch the first time. First hundred times I watched it. Yeah, post-dated yeah. a year for
1: sixty seven cents <laughs> or something. <laughs> He's that broke. But, but that I mean that was crazy too. Like, what are the chances yeah. of that? That was pretty interesting. But. Their whole, like, uh, like he quotes George Bush um, multiple times. Yeah. Or actually, with not crossing the line.
0: This aggression will not stand and all that stuff. And
1: Yeah. And then, like, Walter is basically, I don't know. To me, he was, like, the stand-in for, like, the U.S. government. And just his attitude towards everything, where he has, like, these certain rules that he follows, but only when they benefit yeah. him. And, like, he's i don't know it's just all these all these little things like that's that interesting
0: um i've never i've never thought of it that way before no that's super cool that's super interesting yeah well he i mean yeah i agree with the george bush stuff but the dude ends up taking lines i mean everything he hears he ends up uh repeating later on you know what i mean like i mean the, when maude's like uh you're, you're their dick or their johnson he's like johnson and then for the rest of the movie he literally calls his junk his johnson you know what i mean that then the, the nihilist like we're gonna cut off your johnson and he's like i need my fucking johnson you know what i mean uh <laughs> In the in in the parlance of our times, like he he just anytime he sees he hears, it's kind of interesting. So I get what you're saying, but I repeating George Bush, I, I don't know. I man, am I going to watch this movie again? I'd have to watch it again with that with that mindset and see if see if I agree with you or not.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that th- I actually never noticed how how much there is. There actually go, going back to uh, talking about Johnsons, Donnie, Did you notice? Well, what, for one thing that I found that was pretty funny is that he never wears shirts that say his name yeah, on yeah he
0: always wears other people's bowling he, shirts yeah
1: <laughs> but r- you know that scene right before he dies where he the pin the pin doesn't yeah. fall and he g- kind of has that sad look he's wearing a shirt that says johnson oh really <laughs> so the nihilist kind of like or said we're gonna we're they gonna cut off your johnson. johnson holy shit man yeah. Yeah. see
0: there's oh god uh-huh. there's so much of this fucking movie <laughs> it really is yeah And honestly, i'll be honest when i was watching it this night i wasn't super stoked to watch it i love this movie but i've seen it so many times and the first, like, you know, the, the guys come in, they're fucking, they throw them in the toilet and all that shit. And I'm just like, all right, this is so slapsticky. And, like, I don't like any of the dude's dialogue from that when he's like, "Yeah, uh, hey, at least I'm hands broken. And I'm just like, oh, you know. Uh, but, man, no, <laughs> it's like the more I was watching, I was like, god damn it. I mean, one of the things, and, and this really, for someone, me, who, uh, like, it's unforgivable that I never really put this together. But Maud and the Big Lebowski, they, they treat the dude in the exact same way. Like, they both are going to use them to their ends because he's not in their social circles and nobody they that would they know would know him and nobody gives a shit about him. And they also just think that they can throw money at him to make the problem go away. And I was like, oh my God, like literally that's the exact, they're doing the exact same thing to him. The father and daughter who don't get along and don't like each other are the exact same fucking person. The exact same yeah. person. You know, she yeah. wants to get pregnant, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want anyone to help, you know, to raise the baby. She just wants, So she's just using him. And then, uh, you know, she offers a, to give him a hundred grand whatever it is later on and it's just yeah uh, it's like they're just disgusting rich people who who are taking advantage of this poor dude you know
1: yeah who's just trying to live
0: yeah and like of course like i could tell you those plot points but i never put it together that oh they're a father and daughter and they're both doing the exact same shit
1: mm-hmm. they hate each other even though they're exactly the same yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly but i feel like most characters were kind of taking advantage of each other everyone except for donnie
0: yeah much like seeing donnie yeah dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah he was like the purest soul in this whole thing you know he just wanted to bowl and hang out with his buddy he ends up, he ends up eating shit for everybody he was a good character god yeah like everybody in this movie is kind of a piece of shit Davino, the other detective I mean Jesus John, the John Turturro character you know what I mean like Tara Reed. I mean all of them are just like awful people and I guess yeah Donnie was kind of the only pure soul in this whole thing I guess the dude would have been if they just would have not peed on his rug you know but I mean, he's also a leech, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what are you what are you gonna do? Yeah, Donnie, the only good character in the whole movie gets uh, gets killed at the he end. Gets, you know? gets turned into ashes. Yeah.
1: So let me ask you this: Do you think what do you think Donnie's purpose in this film was? You know, because he was just kind of like a, a small character, got shit
0: on a yeah, lot. Yeah, the comedic felt so bad for him. Foil for Walter, maybe. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I haven't really really thought about it like that before.
1: There, there's this theory that he doesn't exist. And he's just part of um, Walter's imagination.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that I heard before, that. but that's horseshit. Right? Yeah. I mean, the dude talks and to And then him. There's,
1: also a, like, a, there's also a theory that Walter doesn't exist. And it's kind of like the good and the bad angel on his shoulders.
0: See, that's more interesting to me than the Donnie. Because I had heard that before. And actually, somebody approached uh, Steve Buscemi at it at one of these, like, Lebowski fest type things. He was on a panel with John Goodman and stuff like that. And they're like, what do you think? Do you think this is any validity to this? And right as he started talking, John Goodman goes, Shut the fuck up, Donnie. He like interrupted him. <laughs> uh, but one of the things was like, oh, well, the dude actually never talks to Donnie. Only Walter talks to Donnie. And he was always like this Vietnam like flashback for him. And and when he died, the dude just went along with it. But I was like, no, if you watch the movie, he talks to Donnie. Like three or four, three or yeah, four he, times. He like does... he talks to Donnie. Uh-huh. So that's it's fucking horseshit. The the good and evil thing, I mean <laughs> I guess. I mean, eh, I don't know, man. I mean, you don't really get much. I I guess the dude would be. Man, this is tough. I don't know. I was gonna say the dude would be in between them because Walter is the, the uptight pro military, probably right wing. And Donnie would be the more laid back, probably more left leaning surfer dude, laid back surfer guy. And the dude would kind of be in between them, but I don't think the dude, I don't know why the dude and Walter are even friends. You know what I mean? Like all he does is torture him to death all the time. So.
1: Yeah. I don't know why all three of them are friends.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're just a, maybe they're just a bowling team that, you know, they got put together and I would love to, I I would love to hear like, I don't want to see a movie done of it, but I would love to hear the Cullen brothers, like talk about how they met each other, how they became friends. If that exists within their heads, you know? No, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, i never, I never thought of it
1: that way. One thing that I, that I found interesting, you mentioned that the dude is influenced, and he just kind of says like he just repeats what he hears. Like he's not even creative enough to like come up with his own thing. Something I noticed with Walter is that he is also kind of influenced pretty pretty heavily. Like his wife that left him converted him to Judaism, and he's still he's still Jewish. Yeah. And I think it's mainly just to be closer to her because he's still watching her dog. Yeah. You know, and he's just kind of like. He, he's also kind of weak as well and that, that that sort of front. yeah totally
0: no he plays this like big tough guy exterior with guns and and camo and always talking about vietnam and then talking about you know persian gulf and all this stuff but uh yeah no he's he's heartbroken you know what i mean like he, he i'm mm-hmm. sure that if if cynthia ackerman came back to him and was like hey look let, like let's make another go of it a hundred percent chance he would make another go at it with it yeah no i think most of it the loud screaming it's like you know, I used to work at bars and stuff and it was always, it was always the guy who was screaming the loudest that you didn't have to worry about. It was the quiet guy you had to worry <laughs> about, you know, like when shit was going down, it was, it wasn't the guy flailing his arms around and trying to make himself big, like a, like a red panda. It was the guy you know behind him with his arms <laughs> crossed and the fucking thousand yard stare that you had to worry about. So that's probably, I mean, that makes a lot of sense that Walter would be doing that stuff. And maybe, you know, I. I uh, maybe his maybe his Vietnam experience wasn't quite as as grandiose as he's letting it making it out to be, and and that's also a cover for it. You know,
1: there's a, a rumor that a line was taken out when when they throw his ashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Bridges is supposed to say, "You weren't even in Nam, really." I've never i never heard, heard of that. Yeah, and then it was and it was taken out.
0: Uh, I gotta say, uh, I'm glad it was taken out. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, mm-hmm. I like
0: Walter being in Nam. Now, uh, again, if he had been it's like one of those guys who's like, oh, I saw combat and it's like, okay, you were there, but you were, you were, a cook. I, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? Like you were, you were peeling potatoes the whole day.
1: Most, most people wouldn't want to talk about that. Yeah. All exactly. the time. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> like
0: guys who see like serious, serious action, they don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I had friends that came back from Afghanistan that were changed forever. And they were just like, Nope, I'm good. Like I would never approach mm-hmm. that with them, but like other people would try to like, like I, I had a friend who was in Restrepo. If you know that, like that fucked up story and, and uh, like, God bless that dude, man. He's turned it. He's gotten his life back together, but he was fucked up for a while. And it was just like, uh, he didn't want to talk about any of it, any of it. And then even like one day he was hanging out with one of his, one of his ranger buddies. And like, if anybody else walked near the table, they would stop talking. You know, <laughs> it was like, Hey man, you weren't there. You don't get it. So I can not, not to bring down the conversation at all, but no, I can definitely see that being a thing that, that makes sense to the character, but I'm glad they took it out. Cause god that would really that would destroy that would destroy that entire that entire character for me. you know what i mean like it's yeah it would
1: destroy him yeah, as yeah well, I, I like
0: think. thinking about the fact that he might not have been like i said like as active as he's letting on to be that's fine i'm fine mm-hmm. with that because that seems like his character but then just to have them completely negate everything he said up to this point i think would have <laughs> been a mistake so no i'm glad if that is true i'm glad they took it out
1: you know at and I I think this every time I watch this movie, but just the dialogue and how they speak over each other and how they have like multiple conversations and and keep referring back to like different things. It's just so well done. And I, I always thought it was, I was like, I wonder how much of it is improv, but I guess very little is actually improv. Most of it is like word per word that the Coen brothers wrote.
0: Yeah. I read, I read about that too, where they said like, even like the dudes and the, Hey mans and stuff like that were all in the script. The only thing that they really improvised was, uh, when he calls the Big Lebowski a human paraquat, apparently that was, that was all Jeff Bridges, but the rest of it, like, yeah, it was, it was like word for word when he's like, uh, man, uh, no man. Like that's all in the screen, yeah, screenplay. Yeah. I love that. Which is funny. Cause <laughs> that, <laughs> I want to read that screenplay now and see like how they actually wrote it. Cause I've read screenplays for people where they tried to do that kind of stuff. And they put in like ellipses and, and it was just so painful to read. So I'm wondering like, yeah, it, it doesn't make yeah, sense. I want to see like how they, how they pulled it off. Like,
1: I've seen it when they write, they write them next to each other as well. Yeah. So they're like one left, one right. I wonder, I get, maybe that makes visually more sense. Yeah, you can
0: format a screenplay that way, definitely. But yeah, I'm just saying like, when, like, oh God, what was I? I was reading this one and it was like, they gave the guy fake Southern accent and he kept pausing when he was talking and I was like, you don't have to put in either of those things if you're a writer. Hey, writers, <laughs> like, listen up. Like you can, you can, you can give a little bit of a twang to a guy, but you don't have to like. Make it so you have to decipher what the fuck he's saying. Don't make it a foreign language. And the pauses <laughs> sounding out yeah, all, all the hey, y'all go you know, go down to the store. Like spelled like D-E-R s T O R. It's like, what the fuck? No, man. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You don't have to put in the pauses. The 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 actors will put in the pauses. It's fine. You know. Chances are nobody's gonna give a shit about your script anyway. Make it as easy to read as possible. I put the ums in there. Is that all I'll, right? I'll put an um if it Actually matters, and I'll put pauses in there. But like, it's got to be a long pause. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's stumbling over words, I won't necessarily like. You know, I might put like one or two little like things in there. But if somebody's really stumbling over their words, you don't need to sound out every single syllable. It makes it really hard to read. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and let the you got to let the actors have fun with it. You know?
1: apparently, yeah, apparently, the Legend Brothers some some crazy you know, or Stanley Cooper,
0: So <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: do you, have you heard the uh, like? Some people think that dude represents jesus <laughs> no i've never heard that i mean i've heard that before i don't agree with it unless the, o- the only way i could see it is if it's representing like an american jesus
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, that's the only way i could see it where he's like he goes against authority just like jesus but he's just lazy and doesn't want to do shit
0: yeah maybe i mean the coen brothers notoriously pull from the bible well i mean from old testament not really not really jesus stuff because i'm assuming they're jewish cohen you know i mean like i don't know that for a fact but
1: from their movies i would guess yeah i
0: mean they again they, they it's like listening to like old reggae it's just like all like old testament references and stuff like that so i couldn't see them like you know that'd be like having like kevin sorbo and the fucking soup you know hercules jesus guy or kurt cameron making a movie where it's about mormonism and you're like wait what no man you don't believe in that <laughs> shit that's not for you you know so i've never heard that before i don't I mean I'd have to I'd have to you'd have to really sell me on that shit, but
1: Yeah, I think it's just the sandals and long hair with the Yeah. Beard. There actually is a uh that's probably it. There actually <laughs> is a drinking game,
0: a Bigelowski drinking game where you have to take a shot every time the dude wears jellies.
1: <laughs> oh. I thought you were gonna say every time he uh he says the word oh, fuck. Oh god, no. <laughs> so there there's a countdown on that. You can you guess how many fucks are in the movie? How many fucks? How many fuck bombs?
0: F bombs in the Bigelowski? <laughs> uh I'm gonna say 120.
1: Close. Really? 292. Oh, wow. Not
0: even close. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. I I saw something about the, I mean, Tungy says man, but I didn't write it down. Uh, Yeah. There's
1: like 170
0: and like mans and like 180 dudes or something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about this real quick. The uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about before about why we think it didn't do well. Did you, did you look up the movies uh, that it not only opened against, but that were, that came in above it? I didn't. Oh, my Enlighten God. Enlighten me. Let's so, see what we got. What's it going up against? All right. You want to go? You want to start at the Big Lebowski at the bottom or you start at the top? Um, We'll do. Why don't we go? Can you do it by revenue? No, because I don't have that written down. <laughs> no. Nah, OK, never mind. <laughs> all right. So let's go from the top. All right. So we'll see so the Big Lebowski is, was number six. It uh, opened a weekend. Right. That was in 1998. It was beat by a movie called, which also opened that weekend, which I don't i never heard of called Hush. And it's with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Lange. Uh, I don't know much about it. A hush. When I hear hush, I think about, um, the, did you see that it's like a a deaf girl kind of locked in a cabin. It's like a horror movie, like a one location horror movie. It was actually, it was actually pretty Uh good. I think that was called hush. Number four, uh, was a movie called twilight, not the twilight I'm thinking of about vampires and and the like, (laughs) uh, but a Gene Hackman, Paul Newman. Uh, Students randomly. I've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, I never heard of it either. I'm looking it up now. Thirty-seven million dollar budget and made fifteen million. So it got destroyed eventually. But it opened above the Big Lebowski. Paul Newman a werewolf? I hope so. Or a vampire? I wish he was a vampire. Then he'd still be alive. That dude ruled. <laughs> Paul Newman was awesome. I got in trouble. My wife got mad at me when we were dating, and he died. And I, we were in the Ralphs out here, and I drew little X's over his eyes on the Paul Newman spaghetti sauce <laughs> with, a, with a marker in my pocket. She was so mad. Uh, that never, was uh,
1: that was in the Big Lebowski. I like yeah. that they used like those locations. Well that was a thing like super like, fancy.
0: Yeah, the the this was a very LA movie and like this is yeah. one of those movies that I mean, I, I saw it before I moved to Los Angeles and I really enjoyed it. But uh, it took on a whole new life once I moved out here. Kind of like uh if you ever watch Clueless before you move to LA and then you watch it in LA, you're like, Oh, this is so much funnier now. This makes so much more sense. Uh Reservoir <laughs> like Tarantino movies are kinda like that for me too. But no, it was definitely a very, very LA movie, which I also think kind of worked against it in the long run. Uh, you know, if they're making kind of
1: in and out well, burger, same, Ralph
0: movies. jokes, you know, uh, Leo yeah. Carillo, like that kind of stuff, it's like you know up to Pismo. Like nobody knows what the fuck Pismo is unless you watch old Looney Tunes cartoons. But anyway, number three coming in third was the Wedding Singer. it had been out for four weeks. Oh wow! At that point, and it's still beat. The Big Lebowski.
1: That was another one I've, I've never seen.
0: You know, I've never seen it either, and people get so mad at me when I say yeah. that, but it's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, number two, also g- opening weekend for U.S. Marshals, which was the fugitive sequel with Tommy Lee Jones. So, of course, oh, that, wow. had, that had a little uh, uh, little extra oomph behind it. Number one, this week, uh, of uh, January of 1998, 12 weeks at number one, a little movie you might have heard of called Titanic. So, oh,
1: that one. Titanic that was, was
0: 98, huh? Beating the fuck out of Jack <laughs> Wow. Uh yeah, Titanic was 98. One of the biggest movies of all time.
1: See, that makes sense. People were at that time like movies like Titanic. They weren't ready for this, this type of magic yet. Yeah, man. This
0: was like <laughs> this was this was special. This was something different. But I also think too that if you think about like 98, I mean the internet was around but not in the way it is now. So you know you get a couple of bad bad commercials a couple of bad reviews like it's going to tank a movie as opposed to now where it's like you, know, you have rotten tomatoes where the critic score and the tomato score the audience score whatever it is don't hardly yeah, ever I match don't. up anymore mm-hmm. you know so i mean i think that's a that's a big uh, critique of of critics and how they don't know what the fuck they're talking about or they do and they're just you know they if you if you if you're a critic and you talk shit about Warner brothers movies over and over and over, they're going to stop giving you movies to watch. So you have to be nice. Yeah. You know, uh, It's bullshit. It's all fake. That's why I like rotten tomatoes. Cause you get a bunch of people. I mean, it used to be now it's like, I mean, did you see the woman King reviews? It was literally just like, uh, you know, 99%, uh, critic score, 98% audience score. But then you look at the reviews and it's like, Great movie, next one. Great movie, next one. Great movie. Like obviously, like it had been. <laughs> it hacked. was good. Yeah, exactly. I loved the lead actress. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, it was like, okay, so now even Rotten Tomatoes is full of shit. But I think it, at the time, if if the internet had been more prevalent in people's lives, because '98, like, I uh, we had the internet, but uh, I don't know if I used it. I mean, I had an e. I guess I had email, but like, I didn't know how to like surf the web. Reddit wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? IMDb wasn't a thing. So. I think I think if that this had come out in in a space now where the I think that's everyone's life is the fucking internet, then I think it probably would have been more successful because better word of mouth as opposed to like you know when I saw this it was on a DVD or a VHS maybe a VHS I don't remember um, and I liked it but then I I literally went and told like three or four people about it and then eventually they get to see it and then they'll tell three or four people about it so. I mean, it was the same process. It just moved way, way slower. So, you know, that's why it's, you know, 98, it probably, you know, probably another six or seven years before it really was like, like taking off. I remember when I moved to California in 2005, I think, and I was staying at my buddy's house and like one of his friends hadn't seen it. And so we had to watch it. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you not have seen this movie? So Mm -hmm. it was just one of those slow things. And then he looked and then he told people about it, you know, it's just, I think not having the internet be as as important in our lives as it as it is now kind of hurt this movie, too.
1: Who wins for best performance in this movie?
0: Best performance in this movie? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean... <laughs> I, you got to pick one. Pick one? Man, that's a tough one. I mean, here's the thing. I love Jeff Bridges' performance in this movie, but I don't think he's playing that far away from who he really is. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of his clothes were... His actual clothes, you know, like he brought in a lot of his clothes. I loved, uh, I mean, I loved Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love David Huddleston, who played the big Lebowski. He was so good in it. Julianne Moore was fucking brilliant in it. But I think just, I just got to give it to John Goodman, man. I think he just, I think he went a hundred miles an hour. And I think he really enjoyed playing this character. And I love seeing that when you see somebody who's genuinely having a good time doing what they love. I think that's special, and I feel like this this movie for him. And I've I've seen quotes from him where he said like This is the most fun he's ever had playing a character." Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give him the job. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, he's I mean, come on, so how the good, fuck can you not? He's so good. Yeah, dude.
1: he's so good in it. Yeah, it just like the way he delivers like certain lines and he like screams and then like stops he goes oh wait you can't you can't call them anymore i think they don't like you can't call him a chinaman even the, yeah like, oh no that's you what know, i like favorite hear quotes stuff as yeah. he's yelling
0: yeah when yeah. he goes uh he goes what the fuck are you talking about the chinaman is not the issue here dude i am talking about drawing a line in the sand dude across across yeah. this line you do not also dude chinaman is not the proper nomenclature or not the preferred <laughs> nomenclature asian american please is, yeah. yeah and the dude goes walter this isn't a guy who built the railroads here and i love that because he also refers later in the movie when he's talking about, he's kind of talking about Vietnam. He goes, uh, that me and Charlie, eyeball to eyeball. So he calls them a super disparaging yeah, uh, name. Uh, but yeah, worse. Yeah, <laughs> Chinaman. And then later, you know, the Big Lebowski also screams the word Chinaman and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't blame someone for the loss of my legs in Korea. That was some Chinaman. It's like, no, you were yeah. in the <laughs> Korean like, oh War. It wasn't
1: <laughs> One other performance that I, that I really, really appreciated this time too was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman oh his brand! he was yeah. so fucking good man he's he so good just, he, his little things yeah. that he did the, the my favorite part that probably made me laugh the loudest this, this viewing was when tara was like i'll suck your cock for a thousand bucks or a hundred whatever and he, yeah. he goes ah! he raises his hands <laughs> yeah. and he starts like yeah. and he just gets like this nervous laugh trying to like change the subject yeah we're all very very fond of very free-spirited
0: <laughs> yeah he, yeah he's always been really good at that like He's really good at character work, but he's also really good at like the subtle little performance, like the, the subtle things he adds to his performance. Um, I don't know if you remember, um, you've seen Boogie Nights, of course, when yeah. um, the first scene where Dirk Diggler shooting a porno movie and it cuts like he he pulls his his, his Johnson out. <laughs> 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 and uh, everyone in the room is like, like you see the camera, like zoom out. You see people like looking at it and you see Phil Seymour Hoffman. He's booming. And just the look he gives, it's this subtle just like, like he almost can't breathe look. It's so good when he plays Scotty in that movie. No, he's he's so good. I I thought about him when you asked me who my favorite was, and I thought about him, he just, I don't think his part's big enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I love when he's, he's, he hands the dude the cell phone, and he's like, her life is in your hands, dude. And she, he's like, oh man, don't he just goes, her life is in your hands. He told me to repeat that. Her life is in your hands. <laughs> so he's so good oh god what a waste man what a tragedy about that guy. but um like what a fucking talent man so 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 good don't do drugs kids don't do drugs please but yeah no i i I thought about him i wish i wish his part was bigger also man i mean i know tara reed's been through some shit i wouldn't say her part is that good but you forget like when you look at terry now you forget just like how beautiful she was back then you know pre bad implants, re, you know, partying for twenty years and being way too skinny. And I mean, you know, I'm not again, I'm not trying to pile on Tara Reed. I know she's had her shit she's had to deal with, but uh when you see something like that or like even like American Pie, you're like, gosh, she really was like a fucking knockout. Yeah. Her
1: role was pretty lame though. I mean, I I would say if they dropped the ball on, on any writing portion of the movie, like hers is not really that interesting.
0: Yeah, her part really I mean I think I think she fulfilled what she needed to in this because i mean it's supposed to be a noir movie uh julianne moore was playing more of like the the dynamo you know love interest sexy you know woman who shows up uh in the middle of things she was and tara reed was was uh, i think she was i think bunny was kind of a means to an end so just kind of like move the story along a little bit but yeah i mean she only had how many lines did she have just one did she say i'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars oh brand can't yeah. watch that he's then, gotta pay 100 is like one of my favorite lines ever yeah, so good. yeah. he's gotta pay <laughs> i remember when i first saw this movie i was like oh my god i was working like a cheesesteak shop and this kid patty was working there with me and i was like dude you gotta see this movie it's so good and he's like oh okay Maybe i'll go rent it and i was like yeah rent it watch it with your parents and he's like wait what and i was like no it's so funny watch it with your parents they're gonna love it And he's like <laughs> I don't think I'm going to. I was like, no, watch it with your parents. He's like, yeah, dude, I'm definitely not watching. I don't know what this is, but I'm not watching this with my parents. <laughs> and he came back to work like three days later. And he was like, dude, fuck you. You're trying to give me
1: watch, to watch suck your watch for a
0: thousand dollars. And the girl flying up and down on the blanket naked and stuff. He's like, nah, dude, I saw right through your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think now I could have convinced him, but at 18 or whatever, yeah, they didn't, it didn't work.
1: What, one thing that always surprises me too is how small John Turturro's part is in this movie. For for a long time, every time I thought about this movie, he was one of the first people I thought about with his uh, character of Jesus because he's yeah. such a big character. But he's only in it for like, a few minutes, and it's just two scenes.
0: Yeah, he's got the two scenes, and then like the flashback scene. But I think he's just yeah. so memorable. Like in this movie, like he goes so hard the entire fucking time. Like every time you see him on screen, he's he's going for it. And uh, <laughs> apparently, the Coen Brothers, because you know they had worked with John Turturro before on a couple movies, and when he realized that. Uh, after reading the script that he was going to have a small part, the Coen brothers kind of like, they're like, all right, you can come up with your own ideas for this character. So like, like when he's like shining the bowling ball and stuff like that, like that was all John Turturro. Like he, yeah. when he's walking around then when they do the flashback about him moving to Hollywood and going to tell people he was a pederast, like he had a bag of bird seed in his pants, to make it look like he had a huge Johnson. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, that was all John Turturro. So, I mean, they, yeah, it's, I, I think like giving him the freedom to do that made that character breathe so much more and make it so much more alive. So it was really smart. I think on their parts.
1: Yeah. He said when he read the the script and when he watched the movie, the first, like actually, no, when he read the script, like he said, he didn't get it. He was like, Oh, was I'm like, sure. Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna, he's like, I'll do it. And uh, yeah, he, yeah. What you said, he came up with all these things. He came up with the purple suit and the hairnet and everything, the hairnet. Oh god. but he didn't get it until he, until he watched it the first time and he goes, ah, okay. This well, is what they're doing. Did
0: I ever tell you about Nicolas Cage and the Coen Brothers? Have we talked about that?
1: You mentioned that, yeah, because I, I remember one of the episodes I talked about how I haven't seen how I haven't seen <laughs> Raising Arizona. You
0: son of a bitch. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Nicolas Cage said, if you hadn't heard that episode. It was like He was like, yeah, I didn't get it. And I fought with them. They Apparently, they just fought all the time. And then Nicolas Cage was like, well, yeah, like, he, somebody asked him, like, why don't you work with the Coen Brothers again? I'm like, they use a lot of the same actors. And he was like, well, we just fought all the time. But everyone who came after me had the had the benefit of seeing what the coen brothers movie was and like they'd only done blood simple and raising arizona was like a whole new fucking thing so they didn't have the benefit of knowing he didn't have the benefit of knowing what the fuck was going on so yeah but i get that it's, not it's not getting it than, like,
1: than most films yeah and especially if like some of the dialogue is it's weird because they again they don't i love the the fact that they don't except for maybe john to with jesus but like you know they're not overacting they're yeah. they're taking their soul their roles very serious.
0: They're not like hamming it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because even John Goodman, I would say, borders on overacting sometimes. But for the most part, I mean, he's 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 doing the character of, of Walter Sobchak a service by like playing him as true as he possibly can and not being a clown with it. It's a do you watch uh, do you watch Succession at all? Have you seen Succession on HBO? Yeah. The mm-hmm. the one character the old the older brother, his name escapes me at the moment, but he's kind of said the same thing about. Like they were like, oh, you're gonna play this character, but he's he he seems so clownish, and he's like, yeah, that's why I play him as straight as possible because otherwise he would be a character and he would be a fucking idiot. But it's like, <laughs> I give this guy the love that he deserves, and I think Walter got that from John Goodman in this. You know what I mean? Like again, he 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 did ridiculous shit. You know, he owned he was a security he owned a security company. He talked about Nam, but like. It was all genuine. It was all Walter. Like there, it wasn't like ever like a wink to the camera or like mugging or anything like that. It was hundred percent authentic, I think, who this guy was. And probably who John Milnius is. I don't I've never met the guy, but I feel like he's probably a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> this
1: is what you get when you fuck a stranger in the ass. And he oh just keeps God. repeating the same thing. Yeah. I love that he doesn't like change it up at all. Mm -hmm. He just keeps repeating the same thing over and over. And it just like makes no sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Any other good quotes you like from the movie? Uh,
1: No, but did you? I mean, yes, there's tons. (laughs) But what I want to say is, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but I guess the version, they made a version that was made for TV. Uh,
0: I have seen this. Yes. Oh, you've seen it. Uh And they
1: let them like just come up with like a bunch of like different things like slangs instead of actually using swear words. Yeah.
0: Uh, where, i don't know what they showed her on nbc or whatever like yeah what does he say this is what you get when you f- fight a stranger in the alps
1: <laughs> yeah when you find a stranger in oh, the alps. God, fight a stranger yeah. in the alps something like that yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and it was a weird edit like like they edited out the whole like scene with the the brother seamus devito like like that's not in it like they cut a bunch of weird stuff out it was like it was like uh i remember when they played uh pulp fiction on fox one time it was like saturday afternoon they tried to play Pulp Fiction on Fox and they basically cut out the entire part where they shoot Marvin in the face. Like all of it was just gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the movie made no sense at all. So, so that, that probably, you know, somebody saw it on TV for the first time, you know, I'm sure that it, 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 it no probably wasn't though. as endearing, you know, at the time. <laughs> so, but uh, I would also say probably one of the most quotable movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Like if you, yeah, I was working a show years ago and I was like up in the lift doing something. And I remember I the, like the PA kids we were in new Orleans are all these like PA kids. And like one of them mentioned the big Lebowski and for like 30 minutes, I just had to listen to these fucking PA kids quote the big Lebowski, but like over and over. Yeah. Yeah. But like amateur hour quotes, you know, like nah. shut up Donnie, you know, like that kind of shit. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it. Come on. Give me like an A plus like deep cut quote. I don't want to hear this. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The, the rug tied room to get up <laughs> shit anymore. So, um, yeah, you got any other uh, favorite quotes that you like to say? I mean, I, again, the I mean, movie's so quotable, but anything that stands out for you?
1: Speaking of, shut the fuck up, Donnie. I like when uh, when Donnie's like, "Hey, they po- posted the next round for the tournament." Donnie, shut the When do we play? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I also like how he makes it like again, going back to not the prominent number More Fletcher cuz he's like, he's like, "Wait, I told them down the league office, who's in charge? hits or something like that." And he goes, well, I told that crowd down there I don't roll on Saturday. Like he immediately like <laughs> I don't goes don't roll to roll on his, Saturday. Yeah, he, means he calls him a Kraut because he has a German last name or Burke Holter or something like that. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, Chinaman's not the common nomenclature. I'm gonna call this guy a Kraut because I'm mad. It goes back to what you were saying. Like the rules only apply when he needs them to apply. You know? Yeah. Uh huh. Did you notice? Uh, I don't know if you know. I mean, obviously he's got a great cast, but you remember Smokey? Yeah, got, yeah. Like he's a famous country music singer. I don't know if you've ever. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. I. I I knew that, but then as I went back, um, I like listened to some of his stuff. He's got like a cool uh, uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore is his name. Uh, he's got a cool style where it's like it's almost like classic country, but then he's like his his stuff he sings about is really like kind of like trippy and out there stuff. So it's it's interesting. I not really my cup of tea, but uh, you know, for for research's sake, I enjoyed it. You know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that whole scene is is super interesting and that's a a thing where I where I see where that's why I asked do you think he's he's representing the US government? Cuz again, he's he's over the line. You know, and that's a, that's an actual quote that George Bush used like this is over the line we will not tolerate. Yeah. For us as a government to to step into Kuwait and kind of defend him, just kind of like how Walter is defending the dude because he knows it'll benefit him. Because he's going to get part of that money,
0: yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, he's so, defending so, like, the, the rules. Quote, yeah, unquote, the, the rules. rules. Like no, yeah. We, th- th- I,
1: yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty I, interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I could see that. I feel like anything that's going to be pro military, he's going to defend regardless. You know what I mean? So yeah, the, I don't know, man. That, that seems like a stretch. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll sit sit on it for a few weeks and then watch it again with with that in mind. That's an interesting take on it. And I mean, you know, and dudes. Dude's the other side of the coin. He's the the conscientious objector. He's the yeah, you know, Seattle Seven, the Port Huron statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the stoner. Like uh, God, I really want to know how they became friends. I really do. But maybe I don't. Maybe I would hear it and be like, eh, like. Yeah, yeah, they just were bowling together, and they, for them, they were they the only two people that can uh, handle each other. So.
1: And Steve Buscemi was just a guy asking questions.
0: That's all he was doing, man. Yeah, yeah, he just
1: wanted to know what was going on. He was curious. <laughs> oh god it drives me i feel so bad like I, I always i always hate like hearing him yell at donnie all the time
0: <laughs> well yeah and it really struck me as as uncomfortable when he pulls out the gun at the like i mean it was always funny and weird whatever but like it really struck me as as like unsettling that like he pulls out a gun on yeah. his friend and, like, i mean it just shows you how unstable that guy is like immediately they set up his character as being unstable but then he's hilarious because he's like I didn't bring the dog bowling. I didn't <laughs> rent it shoes. I didn't buy it a bi- fucking beer. It's not taking your fucking turn. Like it's like, God damn it. Man. But he's so, he's so like, he's one of those dudes who like, he's super fun to watch, but I would hate to hang out with.
1: Oh God, you know? no, I would never hang out with anybody like that. Yeah. That scene where, where he walks in and the the nurse is like, oh, he has health problems. And he's like yelling at this kid in the background. There's his dad in the iron lung.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah, Exactly branded especially in the early years <laughs> uh yeah no he's a guy he's just he's super fun to watch but like i you know i just uh, i don't want to be in the same room as him because you don't know know what the hell's gonna you know what the hell you're gonna get into you know when he's fighting with the fucking nihilists and he goes you fucking dipshit with a nine-toed woman <laughs> like, <it's laughs> what the bowling ball it's like what the hell is going on here i do love one of my favorite lines in this movie he's like like they're Nazis? are not. Not are they splitting hairs here? Are we splitting hairs here? And uh, Walter's like, Nihilus, fuck me. I mean, say what you will about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the whole plan. interactive plan. software, the wave of the future, dude. One hundred percent electronic. Yeah, well, I still jerk off manually. <laughs> I still jerk
0: off manually. God. Jackie Treehorn. That always killed me. The scene when he said Jackie Treehorn, and it's like, it, it's like the first time, dude. Kind of like really does. No, not the first time. Like like, he tries to be a detective, and he like walks Jackie Treehorn writes something down. He walks over and like runs the pencil over the pad, and it's just like a Jackie Treehorn just like sketched a dude with like a big ass dick, or sorry Johnson. You know what I mean? Johnson. Yeah, I I love the fact that he like
1: folds it up and puts it away before he leaves. Yeah, like he's gonna gonna do something with it. Yeah, my guess is he got the call saying that the we searched the apartment and didn't find anything.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, probably. Mm yeah,
1: And he knew that he probably saw... He was just probably listening and sketching. And that's why he took it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So good. And the, again, uh, I, I I didn't... When I first started watching it again, I was just like, oh, man, I don't want to watch it. But then, you know, about a third of the way in, I was like, God, I fucking I really do love this movie, man. It's so good. Would
1: you consider this the Coen Brothers' best film?
0: Well, I kind of consider the Coen Brothers to have two gears. You know what I mean? They have mm. the Raising Arizona, this uh burned after reading gear and then they have the Fargo Blood Simple No Country for Old Men gear. So in that in in that line of of movies, like the more like quirky comedies, it it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. It it goes back and forth between that and Raising Arizona for me. I should watch this movie. You should watch Raising <laughs> Arizona. I can't believe you still have I'm gonna buy it for you. <laughs> I think their best movie is uh No Country for Old Men.
1: Yeah, personally, I, I would agree with you. I also Oh, brother, like, Ralph, that was up there for me too. Yeah, oh,
0: brother, Ralph is brilliant. Fargo is brilliant. I mean, they're amazing. They're they might be the best filmmakers of their generation. But I think that yeah, I think that No Country is overall like their masterpiece. You know, their yeah, opus. which is also interesting too because have you read the book No Country for Old Men? The Cormac McCarthy. No, book? I have it though. It's I good. Just, I
1: found it in Goodwill, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this.
0: It's good, but it's the movie's better. I think they did a better job with it. Nice. It's like Fight Club. I think the movie of Fight Club is better than the book Fight Club. Um, that book is wild. And it's, you don't, yeah, it's rare. You don't get to say that about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked parts of Fight Club, the book, better. But I think overall, I think the movie was better. You yeah. Know? Like when they had the different, like, sections of Project Mayhem, like, Project Misinformation and, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, I thought that was cool. But overall, yeah, overall, I think it was um, a better, it was a cleaner movie than it was a book.
1: I listened to the commentary with Chuck Palahniuk and David Fincher and there was a part when they're both driving in the car, you know, when, when they let go of the wheel mm-hmm. in the book, it was one of the random followers okay, or like members of the fight club that were driving and he was talking to and Chuck Palahniuk was like, you made it Tyler Durden.
0: It was genius. I can't believe I didn't think about that. <laughs> it makes
1: so much more sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the Cohen brothers, what they took out of uh, the book, I think made the movie way stronger. Like there was a little bit like, It was more stuff you had to kind of piece together, you know, like when, um, uh, Llewellyn's wife, I can't, I can't think of what her, but Kelly McDonald's the actress. I can't think of what the character name is right now. She gets murdered by Anton Shagur, but like, you kind of have to piece it together by like the stuff that you see, have seen in the movie, you know, like Mm -hmm. with a shoe people. Yeah. People are like, Oh, it's ambiguous. It's like, it's not ambiguous. He fucking kills that girl. Yeah. But in the book, it's like spelled out like, Oh, he kills this girl. Also like in the book, I remember. Like Anton Shagor, like basically at the end, it's like it, a lot of the same stuff happens. And he goes back to the, uh, the people that he was working for. And he's basically like, so do I get the job? <laughs> it's like, wait, this is all like a, an audition. Like this is all like a fucking job interview. No, it's fucking stupid. Like they really like, cause one of the things I always thought was funny about Anton Shagor was like, what's he going to do if he gets the money? He's not going to go like relax on the beach somewhere. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to go kick his feet up. <laughs> Like he's just this this machine that all you know he just needs to do this one thing and it's like well, but at what end? Like I work my ass off so I can go on vacation and hang out. You know what I mean? Like I can't see Anton Shakur and like, drinking out of a coconut somewhere. <laughs> you know? Like flip flops. life. But, yeah, <laughs> This really makes it all worthwhile. <laughs>
1: have, like little kids with bad haircuts running around. That is probably uh, I might even be top five. Greatest films of all time for me.
0: But there will be, uh, Not There Will Be Blood. Uh,
1: um, no Country, uh, for no Country for Old Men.
0: Thank you. They came out the same. What a fucking year yeah. for movies, by the way. Right? Yeah. Oof. We should do a versus one day. There Will Be Blood versus No Country for Old Men. Yeah. I don't have enough time in the week to watch both of those <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we should, we, should, we should check them out. Not underrated at all, but you know, underappreciated at all.
1: I've got something. Some history. Our history. I don't know if you remember this. But you? one of the first times we actually connected, you and I, was because of Cohen Brothers.
0: Really? Yeah. Was it no? Was it uh, O Brother? It was. Was it the music? So, so from o Brother?
1: no, not even. So we were. Oh uh, God, I didn't
0: know exactly what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. We were, so we were, I was putting pallets
1: away. And we were like, we were working at a music store. Yeah, we were working, back, I was in the what, warehouse many years yeah. ago. Yeah, and uh, I was. We were like putting stuff away, and somebody said something. I don't remember what it was, but. Whatever he said, I agreed with. But my response was, he ain't lying. And, and then all of a sudden, I just hear you say, is that old brother or our I was like, what?
0: Who is this
1: guy? He just floated
0: into my arms. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when I fell in love. Yeah. Oh, my God. I do remember that. Holy shit. That was like 2006, maybe. Like, that was so long ago. Oh, it's been magic ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so,
1: so does this movie hold up for you?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And again, having seen it so many times, like I said, I wasn't. This movie's so charming that I I wasn't excited to see it again, and I just fell right back into it.
1: You know. Yeah. I, I kind of had a similar experience. Even my wife was like, "Oh, I don't want to watch this." Yeah. And I was like, "Come on, it's a good movie." Uh, she's. But we've been on a like a um, film, not film noir, but like a detective kick. Okay. We've been watching a lot of detective movies. She's been reading a lot of detective books. It kind of fit perfectly. But first I was like, all right, here we go. And then within minutes, I was like, yes, this is such a good movie. (laughs) So do you think this movie could have been made within the last few years? Or do you think it's so 1998, even though technically it took place in 1991 or 1990?
0: My only concern with it would be that the actors wouldn't have been able to do it. It would have been a whole different set of actors. That's true. right? Because they all would have been too old for this. But I think that as a period piece, yeah, I think it could still work. With I feel like it's kind of timeless. Yeah, I do too. Also, like if you've done the math, like the dude and Walter should be like in their seventies now, which is super (laughs) depressing. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I think that you know, with the right, with the right, I mean, okay. But here's the thing: if they're gonna do this movie now, who the fuck are they gonna put in it? It's gonna be, you know. Seth Rogen as the dude, and, oh, and probably fucking Jonah Hill as Walter. It's gonna fucking suck. So, I, I, I mean, that's yeah. that's such good casting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's so like and not that it they, they do good performances, but it's so good. Like what Hollywood would do.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, who else we got? Who would play the Steve Buscemi character? Michael Sarah. You know, um, who played Julianne yeah, totally. Moore? Yeah, be, Michael Sarah. You know, probably Emma Stone would play Julianne Moore. Yeah, it'd be the fucking same train wreck that all those fucking assholes always do you know Yep. i like always said seth rogan's a way better producer than he is an actor so uh, yeah it would be a fucking nightmare if it came out now let me rephrase that if you could get john goodman and jeff bridges at their ages then to play now yes it would work but to recast it now with the fucking those slapdicks it would be fucking <laughs> awful i would hate it so as well my friend you got you got anything else about the big lebowski you i, want feel, to talk I about? feel like
1: we can quote and talk about this movie all the time maybe uh we'll just dedicate an hour to each scene and then we can okay. actually break down exactly what's going
0: on. we we'll just do a big yeah, podcast. I mean, they, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's, it's such a, it's, it's so well put together. And, I, and like my, my whole thought process when they're writing this is like, do they write it and then rewrite it and then rewrite it like 80 times and then just keep adding little things to, to like put it together. Like this is just such good writing.
0: <laughs> it is. It is really good writing. And actually I, I think that once, cause I was, one of the guys was talking about, um, the the rewriting process, and the re- he was basically like, so uh, what changes are they going to make? You know, like, how, how in-depth do I need to get on this? And somebody like John Goodman or John Turturro was like, oh, once it's going, they don't change the script at all. Like, so be ready. Like, that's it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they rewrite the hell out of it. If you've ever written, I know you have, but, like, anyone at home has ever written a screenplay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's just all it is is rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. It's, it's <laughs> really, really tough. So... But um, yeah, man, I mean, that's a uh, that's a big about you got anything else, anything else good you want to talk about?
1: No, I think uh, I think we, we better end it because I feel like we didn't get half through the stuff,
0: but we're already over an hour. <laughs> yeah, I got so many notes still, but it's like, you know what, let's just let's just yeah. leave it. At I would that. say we, people we, at
1: home, we watched this movie. Don't forget how good it is.
0: And did we yeah. do you think we figured out why it wasn't as big as it should have been? I mean, it also was released in January, which is a tough release for a new movie, I think
1: yeah no i i just think people didn't understand it and and like like we mentioned it gets better the more times you view it yeah so i i think like i enjoyed it but but i also expected to enjoy it like people told me it was good when i first saw it Mm -hmm. if i would have just been like all right it's a new movie i might not have understood it you know yeah exactly exactly i
0: mean that's kind of where me and my brother went into it was like we don't know what the hell this is but I think this, I mean, we were laughing at it, but I think the scene that really got us was when he's, he's flying underneath the girl's legs in the bowling alley and my brother <laughs> goes, he's going to flip over. And then of course he flips over was, uh... and we're just like cry laughing. My dad might've been there too. I don't remember exactly. Oh, but that's awesome. Yeah. It was really fun. So a big, big
1: shout out to Kenny Rogers. Another, another one <laughs> that we lost. I'm a, I'm a
0: huge Kenny Rogers fan. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you ever been to Kenny Rogers Roasters? No, his chicken restaurant it yeah. might just be. I, I went I'm there. Kenny
1: Rogers roast. i <laughs> <laughs> you seen
0: that Mad TV skin? No.
1: <laughs> oh, you've never seen that? Uh-uh. That should be my what's good. After this, you got to look up Kenny
0: Rogers Jackass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been to Kenny Rogers Roasters. I, I remember it being all right. It was kind of like a Boston Market, like, but when Boston Market was good, not Boston Market now. So, yeah,
1: now it's all salt.
0: Yeah, it fucking sucks now.
1: Yeah, fuck
0: you, Boston and your markets <laughs> or Boston chicken. I don't know what to call it. They call it it's market. Now. Is Chicken it? Market, Chicken Market Boston, I think is what it's called. Chicken Market Boston. So, yeah, man, I guess that's Big Obowski. Yeah, at home, let us know what you think. You, you can always reach out and talk to us on Instagram at oh, yeah, that was a good movie or at oh, yeah, that was a good movie at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we got a message from, uh, you know, it's funny, we were talking the other day about um doing, trying to do a movie that neither of us had ever seen. I don't know if you uh, remember that or not, but we got a message from Double T Studios and Media that gave us some suggestions. Maybe one of these work movie suggestions for movies we've never seen that we could uh, do a blind, a blind review of Uh, Treasure Planet, Popular, Never Stop Stopping, which I think is Andy Samberg, which I'm not going to fucking watch. And then, oh, actually, Under the Skin, which we talked about a lot. I think on the last one. So Treasure Planet or Popular? I don't know what Popular is. I don't know what either. I don't know what Popular is
1: either. All right,
0: maybe hey, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll look out. Double T Studios, thanks for the uh thanks for the message. Maybe we'll maybe we'll check out one of your movies in the future. Nice. Ah, oh, we should also give a shout out to
1: Mark Lee for having us on his podcast too. That was pretty fun.
0: Yeah, Oswaldo and I got to guest on Not Another Monday podcast last week. And we got to talk about movies and, and all kinds of fun stuff. Mark's based in Los Angeles too, so we got to goof around and, and play with him for a little bit. So yeah, uh Not Another Monday, I believe. Am I correct on that?
1: Yep. Check out. I think within the last Two Mondays ago, so but we'll probably post it on here too. Put a link um, in the show to, notes just to share oh God, the love. The yeah, show oh yeah, notes. there you go. Show notes.
0: <laughs> yes. So yeah, reach out, uh, tell us what you like, tell us what you think, tell us how wrong we are. We always love hearing tell
1: us your favorite that. quote.
0: Your favorite. I would love to. That's hear what that. I want. Everyone's know. got their and don't um, don't give us any d-minus quotes all right i don't want to hear donnie you're of your element If you do that i'm gonna block you on, on twitter because i don't use twitter <laughs> we do have a twitter if you want to reach out there but god I fucking hate twitter so much. and this is pre-elon i've always hated twitter so yeah we get you out feel free to uh tell us uh, tell us what you think of the big underappreciated lebowski yep one <laughs> day one day people will recognize his yeah. greatness yeah exactly well because of this podcast so all
1: right so John, now it's time for you to get your revenge, <laughs> if that's what you can call it. I picked a very underground movie that no yeah, one's ever heard of, never The heard Big of Lebowski, yeah. to uh, to shock everybody, kind of introduce them to New Light. What's going to be your <laughs> pick? Are you, are you going to give us something that's just as big or are you going to go small just to make up for <laughs> what
0: I did? So here's what I'm going to do. Before we get into that, actually, by the way, I have been looking at our numbers and I want to go on record and say that Captain Ron is now our I second most that. popular episode. Yeah. So that's so good. That's so funny. So thank you to everyone at home for listening to the Captain Ron episode. <laughs> I really appreciate the validity in that. And that that movie is amazing. Everyone's just curious. Like, why? Why would they talk about Captain Ron? Nobody likes that movie. What the hell are they going to bring to Captain Ron? Uh, it's amazing. Everybody loves Captain Ron except for you and your wife. Um <laughs> Next week, Oswaldo, I'm going to do something uh, that I haven't done before. I'm going to present another Versus. Oh, nice. But I'm bringing in my first guest. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you don't know this guy personally, but you know his work if you've ever seen any of my movies. He's a good friend of mine, composer extraordinaire, Gregory Scott Heinen, Greg Heinen. The composer for my movies. And he reached out to me the other day. And he is dying to come on the podcast because he wants a bloodbath. He's a huge horror, gore, <laughs> whatever fan. And he presented nice. to me, and I f- immediately fell in love with this. So we're going to do a bloodbath versus. Nice. Ready? Okay. Rambo 4. I. <laughs> versus Punisher Warzone.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So All it's right. gonna be it's gonna be mayhem up in here, and we'll talk this week about how we're gonna how we're gonna divide up the actual competition. But next week, Rambo Four, the one where he's in Burma <laughs> with Julie Benz versus what, was this one of the newer ones? Yeah, so this was the one where he's like the boatman. Okay, I think I've seen this one. Uh, you have if you haven't seen it, you're you can thank Greg for bringing this up because it's awesome. I had stopped going to see movies because I'd seen so many bad movies in a row in the theater, and my wife and I went and saw Rambo Four, and it's just called—I think it's just called John Rambo. I'll double check that. Don't don't quote me on that because the last one where he's in Mexico is fucking awful. Don't watch that one. But the one where he's in uh, in Burma is amazing.
1: Well, the the funny thing is, is I just Best Buy had a sale on 4K movies, and they were selling Rambo One, Two, and Three, and they were each for like six bucks. So I bought
0: them all. But that's a great that's deal. Yeah.
1: But I didn't get this before. Yeah. No, this one's just called
0: Rambo. Uh, it's yeah. the it's the uh, 2000. It was a
1: new one, right? Yeah. yeah. OK, I've seen this one. It 2008. He's in,
0: he's in. Uh, yeah, he's in war torn Burma. All right. Hold on. In Thailand, John Rambo joins a group of mercenaries to venture into war torn Burma and rescue a group of Christian aid workers who were kidnapped by the ruthless local infantry unit. So, so let's just wow. go on. The beautiful Julie Benz from Dexter. I love Julie Benz. Um, This is a very violent film, from I remember. So this is perfect for this, man. It's like I said, man. It's going to be a bloodbath. So, thank you, Greg, for reaching out, and we will talk to you next week about it. So I think it's going to be a really, really really fun one. We'll do the the three deaths, all that good stuff, and we'll we'll figure out some more categories for it. Perfect. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome.
1: (laughs) All right, so we got Rambo Four versus the Punisher.
0: Punisher War Zone. Make sure it's the right Punisher. Is this the Punisher with John Travolta? No. Or fuck Pu- that the Punisher. One. No. This is Punisher War Zone. This is directed by uh, Lexi Alexander, who directed Green Street Hooligans. Um, this is starring um, Ray Stevenson. Uh, he was he was in like uh, he was on like Rome and stuff like that. He always plays like a real badass. Dominic West, who played McNulty on Oh shit! You know what I just realized? Double double Julie Benz feature. She's in both oh,
1: of them. Oh, oh nice. Wow.
0: I don't think Greg realized that either, but I'll I'll ask him. Julie Benz All plays right. plays a luv in both these, double Julie Benz bloodbath. Oh god, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All
1: right, so right about this time, we would like to end it with what we call what's good, and we usually talk about something that we've been enjoying that's not necessarily a movie, whether it's a TV show or a book or just some kind of activity that we've been doing. John, I think I went first last time. It is your turn.
0: So, I was going to present um <laughs> I always said like I love Sriracha and I think that the regular sriracha, like the regular rooster sauce is the only good one. I found another one called uh Chili Boy, which is amazing. I really am enjoying it. I was gonna do Chili Boy Sriracha, but since this is an entertainment podcast, I think I'm gonna just give shout out I'll give a shout out to Chili Boy Sriracha. And what I'm actually gonna talk about is the show Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Got a chance oh, man. To catch I really wanna watch this. Oh man, it's it's good, man. Um I'm definitely not the target demographic for this show like it's a very female centric like girl kind of crime not crime but like um like supernatural show and my wife watches it so just to kind of spend time with her I'll watch it and now I am hooked man you want to talk about like 90s nostalgia it's got Christina Ricci it's got oh uh, oh, yeah every (laughs) I try to explain her to my wife I was like look anyone who was a child when maybe the original Adam Stanley came out has at one point in their life had a crush on Christina Ricci. She is amazing.
1: Well, Um, here's a, here's a fun fact. When I watched Casper, you know, she was in it. Yeah. She played someone named cat. And I was like, (gasps) ah, one day I'm going to date someone named cat.
0: Oh my God. You (laughs) did.
1: Yeah. ended up marrying her. Hey, all
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Christina Ricci. That's right. But yellow jackets, it's cool. It's like, um, if you don't know, it's basically like, it's, two timelines um so it's like the mid 90s a girl soccer team gets in a weird plane crash and they have to survive out in the woods but then it kind of intersplices between current day and it's like the horrible shit they had to do to survive in the 90s during this plane crash is starting to kind of come back and haunt them now in present day but it's it started off um just kind of like this weird like situation that they were in but now it's starting to get a little more supernatural it reminds me of if you've ever watched the first season of Lost where like you were still kind of excited about Lost. Like that's the vibe that's given me. And there's been two, uh, one and a half seasons of aired so far. And, uh, you know, I really look forward to it. It's like a Friday night showtime show. So we usually watch it on Sunday when we have off from work. But, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Juliette Lewis. There's a really good cast of, re- of young actresses um, who have been in a bunch of stuff uh, that like up and coming actresses or play the, play the younger versions of them. Uh, Lauren Ambrose just got, uh, added to the cast. If you were oh, like six nice. feet under. Yeah. So, like,
1: so they didn't de-age them. No, no, no.
0: Digitally. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's cause it was, uh, was supposed to be like 96, 97, something like that. And now it's current day. So Melanie Linsky plays the lead. I don't know if you know who Melanie Linsky, is. she's been around a long time. Like she always just, they always cast her in like these like frumpy girl roles. Did you watch, you watch all of, um, you watched all of the last of us, right? Like Melanie Linsky played, um, remember like the scene where like the house collapses and like all the zombies come out and it's like there's like the girl leader of like the bad guys are going to shoot the kids. Oh, yeah. That's she's Melanie awesome. Linsky. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's so good. She's yeah. so talented. Yeah, but they, they always have her cast as like the frumpy friend or whatever. I remember her in, uh, oh, another movie maybe we'll do someday, Detroit Rock City.
1: Uh, ah. She
0: plays like one of the kids love interests in that. It's really, she plays, <laughs> she's a she's a great actress. Uh, she I would say that she's probably the lead in that show and they really like what a trooper man they really ugly her up for that show (laughs) because like you know she's not like conventionally attractive but she's pretty enough to be on tv but then they like you know she looks like she's put on some weight they definitely like don't like put a bunch of makeup on her or anything like that but i've seen her in stuff where she's super cute so yeah she's i would say she's probably the lead and yeah you got uh like i said juliet lewis tony cypress uh christina ricci all kinds of good um, good young actresses so no I, I recommend it man it's kind of weird I it's one of those shows where I, I'm concerned that if it goes on too long they're not going to know how to end it kind of like Lost but mm. for the time being at least I'm really enjoying it hopefully they have an ending in mind yeah because Lost uh, fucking sucks
1: <laughs> I, I'm not a, I liked Lost until I so there was one episode where there was a, a smoke monster Yeah. at the very end I was like okay I'm done that's, it. that's, that's the last episode I saw yeah.
0: Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no Yellow Jackets. I would, I would give it a, a good, a strong recommendation. So um, it's when it's 7 done, you got to let me
1: know, John, so I can sign up for a month of Showtime. And, and just <laughs> just like cram it all in. Yeah, all right. In like four or five years, I'll tell you when
0: it's done. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just the, the just this season. Oh, just this season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fun though. I I think Cat would like it too. So
1: yeah, we've been we've been really wanting to watch it. We were about to, but then we realized it's a new season, so we might as well just wait till that's done. Yeah. That way we can, you know, only spend <laughs> a month's worth of A couple bucks of Showtime. Yeah.
0: Cool. So that is uh, my what's good yellow jackets on Showtime and a different Sriracha. So
1: <laughs>
0: Oswaldo, what is good with you, pal?
1: So my what's good, you know what, since you threw in a salsa, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that as well. Okay. There's a salsa called uh, Aardvark Sauce. It's a Portland-based salsa. If you like uh, salsa on pizza, very good. Very good uh, stuff.
0: I don't know if I've had salts on pizza because I'm not. A what? Human How do you <laughs> eat pizza then? Uh, like a human being.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I do have a show, and this is a show that we talked about in the the last podcast that I, that I kind of recommended. So I kind of want to share it to everybody else here. It's a Netflix original, and it's based off a graphic novel. It's called "The End of the Fucking World." And oh, it, it's two okay. seasons. Yeah, we kind of mentioned about it. And I don't want to say too much about it, but I really want people to watch this because it's so damn good. I've been but, toying with
0: but, that. It's on my list on Netflix and I've never yeah, actually it. Yeah, it's, it's a quick watch. It. It's yeah. totally
1: worth it. So it, it follows this 17-year-old kid named John who thinks he's a psychopath. And so he's yeah, so it's like... my life story. I'm yeah. He's, he's basically <laughs> like, he, he thinks he like feels nothing and he wants to kill somebody. And then he finds someone who he thinks he's going to do that with. But then they end up like meeting and connecting somehow. So, and there's a whole story involved, but that's just the premise of it. But it goes somewhere you don't expect it to twice. Twice. Season two is, yeah. The ending, so the graphic novel ends and that's it. And then season one ends right where the graphic novel ends. And I was like, oh, it's perfect. And then I heard they were doing a season two and I was like, oh, that's so stupid. Like, you're not going to be able to make something as good. Yeah. And- it's a, if not as good it's it's better than season one really so it just gets, it keeps getting better yeah and just I think the opposite that of dumb. Game of Thrones
0: when the, yeah. when the source material ran out they actually got better than yeah you
1: know. I don't I don't know if there was a, if the comic book had a sequel I don't think it did but it's it's just so well written it's it's also very stylized it's got like a very unique look to it okay I think I what's think the name of it again I... End of the Fucking World yeah okay yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's
0: on my yeah. it's on my Netflix like. Q, Q watch list and I just do not have cues anymore, but I think it's on my like watch list. I just never sat down to watch it.
1: Yeah. Next time you got and I think they're like 28 minute episodes. So it goes oh, by okay. pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. So if you need just who's, something who's to, in it, to anybody
0: watch. any names in it?
1: I don't think you'd recognize anybody. Uh Jessica Barden is the the female lead and uh Alex Luther and Steve Oram. I don't know. They're
0: English. Oh fuck okay. them. But saving their asses in world wars. It, they have uh, <laughs> they
1: have such a good look to them, all both of them, especially the guy, okay. uh, Alex Lor- Alex Luther. <laughs> He's just got such a unique look, and just the whole thing just makes so much sense once you see him.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm looking at this guy now. He looks like a he looks like a fucking <laughs> psycho.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's super enjoyable, and I think everyone out there should should watch it. It's one of my favorite uh, Netflix originals. Really? Not my favorite. I'm still going to use that one of these days for my what's good. Oh, you haven't told us yet? No, I haven't.
0: Is it something in Spanish?
1: No, it's something in German. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? Uh, No. Oh, my God. Well, don't ruin it. Save I'm it. not going to ruin it.
0: Save it for a day where we can't think of anything good. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so end of the fucking world. All right, I again, I I, I feel like I should have watched this by now, but you know, it's, life gets in the way. We're in the golden era of television, man. There's nothing. That's right. there's, not, there's just not enough hours in the day. Plus, we do this wonderful podcast, which takes up time too.
1: So. I know, right? But what's It's what good fun. though. I felt yeah. like I enjoyed the Big Lebowski a lot more, like knowing that I was going to talk about it. Yeah, I, I watched a lot it. more again, attention. Yeah, it's know. like we
0: talked about before. Like you watch it with different uh, through a different set of eyes. So. No, it's been good, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we're doing it. It's a lot of fun. So, and we we'll get to hang out with you. So that's right. A lot of people fun. at home I get to listen it. to us jerk each other off. So. Right. <laughs> he ain't lying. <laughs> 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 on that note, folks, <laughs> I think we're going to call it a day on this one. Big Lebowski. High recommendations for both of us. Please go out and watch it. Uh, watch Rambo Four. Watch Punisher. War Stay active, and as always, keep watching good movies. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the
1: Jesus.